as I anticipated today's homily will be about faith, about the light of faith. Because in the Gospels, when the Gospel is, is blindness, is often a figure, a symbol of lack of faith. Someone who does not, does not have faith. And Jesus himself is the light of the world. He presents himself as the one who comes to fix that. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, he says. And we do have faith, of course. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here tonight at Mass. But we often don't see things as Jesus sees them. Because faith is not only believing in Jesus, but it's also having his mindset, his mentality, his approach to reality. It's understanding things as he understands them and valuing things as he values them. And, you know, we are attached to our own perspectives and we value situations in accordance to our own ideas and not always in tune with God's views. We live in this culture that is secularized in many ways and that somehow strips or tries to strip us from an overarching narrative that somehow will explain or will be a key to explain what happens to us, who we are, where we come from, where are we going, what is the meaning of everything. And as, you know, postmodern philosophers say, the, this grand narrative has fallen now, they proclaim, and there's nothing really to replace that. There are only small and partial narratives that don't provide this sense of meaning for the whole. And that's an air that we cannot breathe for long. We need to breathe the air that makes sense of the whole and of us in that whole as well. You know, Pope Benedict, before renouncing, he was preparing an encyclical about faith, precisely about the light of faith. It was, it's called Lumen Fidei, light of faith. But he couldn't finish it. So Pope Francis, the first encyclical that he issued, was precisely this. He took this text and edited a little bit, and then he published as his first encyclical. So he says in the introduction that's an encyclical wrote with four hands, the two of Benedict and the two of himself. And it's a great text. I encourage you to read it. And in the, in, in the first chapter, it says, I will quote, it's a little bit long, but bear with me, it's really rich. So says it, Benedict and Francis, they say, in speaking of the light of faith, we can almost hear the objections of many of our contemporaries. Faith thus appeared to some as an illusory light, preventing mankind from boldly setting out in quest of knowledge. In the process, faith came to be associated with darkness, precisely the opposite that it is. This is my own comment. Hmm? Faith was thus understood either as a leap in the dark to be taken in the absence of light. This is so common, by the way. People think, oh, I have faith, I have to close my eyes and jump. If I want to understand things, then I have to lose my faith. So I want to close my eyes and leap in the dark. That's not the Catholic faith, at least. Okay, go back to the text. 
driven by blind emotion or a subjective light, capable perhaps of warming the heart and bringing personal consolation, but not something which could be proposed to other as an objective and shared light which points the way. Sure, this is a true for me, for my own life, but it's not something that I can propose to others. And if it's not something that I can propose to others, it's not a common light. It's not a light that can bring us together out of darkness. It's only, only a subjective light, but not an objective truth. Keep reading. As a result, humanity renounced the search for a great light, truth itself, in order to be content with smaller lights which illumine the fleeting moment, yet prove incapable of showing the way. We have renounced a big light. So we began to look around in our own circumstances that have renounced to have perspective. Yet in the absence, in the absence of light, everything be, becomes confused. It is impossible to tell good from evil or the road to our destination from other roads which take us in endless circles, going nowhere. We lost this ability to distinguish good from evil or to know the road, began to go in circles. There is an urgent need then to see once again that faith is a light. For once the flame of faith dies out, all other lights begin to dim. This is such a deep truth. Once the light of faith dies out, the other lights that somehow took from that light begin to dim as well. They're not strong enough to stand alone, so to say. The light of faith is unique since it is capable of illuminating every aspect of human existence." End of quote. This light is dimming in our culture, we know that, but not in our hearts. It's growing in our hearts. Here we are at Mass. So our first move is to thank God for the light of faith, for having faith that allows us to see things as God sees. It opens our eyes. Otherwise, we forget where we come from, where we're going, and we begin to be afraid to ask the real questions. Bartimaeus prayed, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. He could not see. He wanted to see. So he prayed, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And even though we have faith, we could tonight maybe repeat that prayer so our faith is stronger. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. Let me see everything in the light of your presence, in the light of your word, in the light of your teachings. Let me see myself, my own life, my mission, my talents, and let me see others as well in that light. Everyone I meet, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. If I could see everything, everything, people, material things, life and death, health, and sickness, pleasure and pain, success and failure, duties and amusement, friendship, family, 
life, challenges, opportunities, even death. Why are we so afraid of dying? Shouldn't be so afraid of dying, right? If we have faith. Sure, it's a, it's a natural fear, but if our faith is real and if that light is shining, it shouldn't be such a terrifying thing, right? We're going to God, aren't we? Don't tell me who knows. Of course we are. If we can see things with more faith, then things would come into perspective. Do you want to see? Like Bartimaeus, do you want to see as Jesus sees? Or you are okay as you are? Maybe some of you, the older, a little bit older, saw the movie The Matrix or The Matrix, where there's this dialogue between you know, Neo, the protagonist, and this other person that is offering him to take one pill or the other, and one will lead him to see reality as it is, and the other one will keep him in, in, keep him in his virtual reality, in, in his ignorance. And we, as Christians, never want to stay in ignorance. We always want to see reality as it is, with all its complexity, with all its richness, with all its pains and joys, with all its nuances, but as it is, we love reality because God created this world. We love human beings as they are, this world, even with its, bro with its brokenness, even with its sinfulness. It's good. Everything that is is good at its core. And we know that things have light and we can understand them better and better and better all the time, even if we cannot exhaust them. So we never give up on a question as Christians. We never have to say, okay, don't ask so many questions. Just believe. That's not Catholic. We always can ask for more. We always can push to understand more, to understand better, to figure it out. So the light of God will permeate our minds and our hearts more and more and more. Stick to your questions and work with them and work through them because you will arrive into the light because God created everything. We're not afraid of truth. We're friends of truth. We're friends of reality as it is. So this is my first little conclusion today. Don't give up on your questions and in fact work through them and work with them. Read, read, nothing supplants that, nothing comes, you know, you have to read if you want to grow in your faith. You have to pray as well, for sure, and do other things, but you have to read good texts that will challenge your mind and that will provide some answers to your questions. First, you have to have questions. Hopefully, you do have some questions, but then you need to read. For example, have you read the Bible, like cover to cover? If you read one chapter a day, you will read it in three years, cover to cover. It's important to read the Bible, at least once in a lifetime. Have you read the New Testament? Besides listening at Mass, have you read it? Do you know the letters of St. Paul? 
Have you read any encyclical? The most important ones, the ones that relate to your field of study. And you might say, Father, I don't have time for that. I have so many things to do. I understand, but there's always room for, for, for some reading if you want to grow. Again, especially in that that connects to your questions. You don't have to read everything. Have you read St. Augustine's Confessions, for example? Or some of the classical books? Or even the more contemporary? Do you listen to Bishop Barron, for example? He's great, he's good. It's very informative, huh? very good. If you don't want to read, you can watch, uh, watch YouTube videos. The idea is you need to, to nurture that faith. Because we receive through the air that we breathe so many shallow ideas. So that, so that, that is, we're eating all day long junk food, so to say. And we need some good beef with, you know, with good potatoes once in a while for our mind. So read, be formed, try to reach to that understanding, ask for it because it is a grace, but work with it. And then you need to make a move. You need to, you need to say with Bartimaeus, also cure me, Lord. Not only touch my my mind, but also my heart, because often we do not believe so much because we are afraid. Because if we believe, then we have to change. If we make a step, if we see more, then we have to commit and we are afraid. A little bit like St. Augustine, remember when he said, you know, give me chastity, but not now. He was afraid to receive that gift. Something similar happens with the gift of faith. If you think about it, Bartimaeus, this blind man, somehow, in, in this particular sense, had a, an easy life. Because not much was expected from him, not many responsibilities. He was just sitting there begging, receiving some coins every day. It was a wretched life. It was, it was difficult in many ways, but in this particular way, it was easy. But then when he requested to see and got that grace, then he could not go back to his place anymore. Then he had to follow the Lord along the way. And he was ready to do that. That's why he threw his cloak, sprang up, didn't wait much, and then followed the Lord. Did not look back once. But sometimes we are afraid. So we can say today, Lord, cure my fear of commitment, my fear of responsibilities, my fear of sticking out from the rest, my fear of being a little bit different or maybe a lot different in some things. Lord, I want to see. I don't want to take the pill that will make me blend with everyone else. No, I want to see. Cure my cowardice so that I can see the need of others as well, the need for you, so I can give testimony and, and be a witness of your light in my life, cure my shallowness. Sometimes I'm okay with a couple of coins. I don't want more. I'm okay with that. Cure that shallowness, Lord. Sometimes I live in the surface. 
I'm not connected with, with reality so much. And, I, and, there are, and there are so many outlets for me to, to keep going that way. Cure my selfishness. Jesus, son of David, have pity on me.